You are now tuned in to the Indie LA Experience. If there's a probability or in like an opportunity in LA, I think specifically, I feel as though it's worth exploring. And welcome back, listeners, to the Indie LA podcast. I'm your co-host, Marcus Johnson. And I'm Aaron Van Cleve. And we have with us today a very talented, very special guest, Mr. Blake Cross. Blake, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome. Yo, what's happening, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, so I, I kind of want to get um, into how into how we met, Blake. Um, you know, we've known each other for a couple decades now, you know, way back in uh, middle school. Um Sixth grade, I think it was, right? It was sixth grade. Yeah. Miss Andrews class. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Homeroom, right? Homeroom. Shout out Miss Andrews. Right. And um, I think we kind of bonded over our like uh, similarities in like comedy and uh, class clown uh, clowning, right? Like that was kind of yeah. the thing at first. Yeah, just kids doing stupid kid stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah. before band. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you and I kind of bonded um, in band class too a little bit. Um, you know, I started off on the on the saxophone, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 as well, uh, seventh grade, right? Yeah, because you guys wouldn't let me play saxophone. Oh, I started geez. on trombone because <laughs> there were too many saxophone players. Which okay, but <laughs> I wanted to play saxophone with Marcus and our other friends, but they were like, "No, nah, there's too many saxophone players." So, but, and and to be fair, we were not complete friends at, at that moment. I not mean, just we yet. had homeroom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah no, we were we were just it was still like early days of getting to know each right, other. Right. So yeah, and yeah, we were like, "Oh no, not this new kid!" Right? Like, nah, you, you guys were not you guys were not messing with me at all. Yeah, but saxophone—that's kind of how we like built our connection and um. Just give me a little bit of uh, uh, like insight on on why you chose sax and like what inspired you to to play that instrument because I think that that's how we connected. That's what's been sort of the foundation in our music careers. Um, so tell me a little bit about your saxophone history. Yeah, man. I mean, I honestly I feel like I really did start playing just because my friends were doing it. Like yeah. Marcus, another friend of ours at the time. Um, Specifically, we were playing sax, and I thought it was cool. It was more just like hanging out with your boys and like, oh, I really want to play this instrument. Um, the coolest one, right? It was the coolest one. <laughs> but yeah, man, and just kind of stuck with it. Like we have such similar stories. Obviously, We've known each other forever, but um, yeah, just stuck with it for the next couple decades, and then ended up going to college and studying jazz studies, and then moving out to LA thereafter to just kind of give a go to the the music scene here so yeah awesome yeah. and um you know where we grew up in the in the midwest grand rapids michigan um there weren't a ton of opportunities i would say um nah, right really. right yeah. and um it was kind of uh, encouraged for us to like branch out right to a to a big city i feel like the big three new york chicago los angeles um What's your reasoning for choosing L.A. over the other two? Um, well, again, we, we grew up together, so we know Randy Gist. Randy uh, had a huge impact on myself and you, obviously. Uh, yep. Great saxophone player from the same hometown. Older, was always somebody we were looking up to, sort of following in his footsteps. Um, Randy lived in L.A., and I, I kind of at the time actually was set in college. I was set on going to, I think, New York for some reason i don't uh, 
probably just because I was super into the the jazz vein, and I was like, I gotta go to New York. All right, that was my first choice. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, <laughs> glad. I personally glad that I did not. But um, yeah, Randy was in L.A., and it wasn't even that I was trying to come be like Randy or chase Randy so much as I was just like, oh, I'm gonna go visit. And I came out here. Mm-hmm. I think my junior year of college, and uh, loved it. I, I think more than anything, the lifestyle, the weather just everything about LA was very attractive. And then seeing Randy and seeing other art or musicians play with like notable big pot name pop stars on TV tour, whatever, that was kind of something that I think initially attracted me. So, yeah. That sparked it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. The weather's huge, right? Bro. Every <laughs> major difference. From, I mean, uh, you can't beat it. I've spent some time in Michigan too, and I'm not surprised you guys wanted to come out here. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and this is the worst. Like today is, Today might as well be freezing with twenty <laughs> below degree right, wind chill. Right. Like it's yeah. Whenever you got to put a hoodie on and a beanie in Los Angeles, that's uh word. that's winter time. Yeah, <laughs> as good as it gets. You guys kind of growing up in the same hometown, then obviously both influenced in playing the saxophone. Would you guys say that you have a similar sound no. for that reason? Uh, it's a, so. it's different. Yeah, right. Like our our approach. I think our approach to the instrument's different. Um. Yeah. We definitely had some of the same influences. Uh, we definitely shared uh, a lot of the same um, illegal uh, streaming and stripping of MP3s from, uh, you know, <laughs> LimeWire, FrostWire, all of those. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think anybody who's like right, a yeah. millennial at this point, if you if your computer didn't crash because of like LimeWire, FrostWire, yeah, come on, yeah, did you even live right? Like, yeah, so you and I, we shared a lot of the same influences, like saxophone players. I feel like. Joshua Redman, like Michael Brecker, right? Yeah. We found those guys like early, early on. Like, I, did we? I'm pretty sure, dude, middle school level, mm. I remember, you know, not understanding. I don't know if, dude, I feel like middle school, I didn't know anybody. High school, like mid high school, I was getting into just the umbrella of jazz, which at mm-hmm. the time to me for a saxophone player was like Coltrane, joe henderson and wayne shorter for some reason and not that i don't still love them but it was i i don't think i had much perspective on like what i wanted to sound like as much as i feel like i knew those were the guys who were jazz right right you know I mean? yeah i remember coltrane uh yeah joe and then joshua redmond blew everything up yeah, right right sure. right yeah. i'm pretty sure he he like snuck in the crack somehow like we jumped like yeah you know like 60 years like <laughs> yeah and yeah because he was he was just like so so dynamic his playing was so different than like that it was like crazy kind of theatric yeah 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 elastic band dude that sort of that sort of sound like uh yeah fusion yeah yeah yeah. we kind of um i mean like like for me i missed like wayne shorter and like weather reports like fusion like combining genres yeah i kind of jumped from like coltrane giant steps sonny rollins to like the elastic band and like yeah <laughs> i was like okay there's everything in between like this is the instrument i gotta right, choose right funny thing is i also played saxophone in middle school did you really <laughs> i did yeah oh nice man just for a couple of years first um, year but i yeah first year first on, year man. yeah just straight into it alto sax nice uh but I, I honestly i can't say that i had any of those influences that you guys did or even <laughs> even know who some of them are unfortunately <laughs> it's like yeah it's jazz nerd stuff but also to that point, dude, I played tenor because again there were too many saxophones, so okay. I played tenor saxophone right away, which is what I, it's fine, but it's also not the norm, so to speak. Okay, you know? 
Marcus played alto. Yeah, yeah. I started yeah, I started on alto. I played the the berry a little bit uh in school. Yeah. That's a big one, right? Yeah, that's the that's the huge one. Yep. So you playing the saxophone and moving out to Los Angeles, um, what what did you see yourself doing exactly in LA like before moving out here? I think I just had a a general idea of people playing whatever instrument it may it may be with an artist like i didn't necessarily okay have any specific goal in mind as much as i was just like that would be a cool gig to play would be with bruno mars or on tv or on tour or something and i got a sense for that coming primarily speaking out of la you know versus new york or something where it's more specific i feel like you're more of a, a specialist there who plays like and i could be wrong but you know what i mean just more true to whatever style of music it may be I get you. Okay. Yeah. What was that first year for you like, Blake? <clears throat> um, man, it was it was tough, but also like we we kind of talked about this. I think on the ride over, it's like I feel like LA is such a um, such a it's a very competitive place, but it's also a very welcoming place, and the the community is is big. It's healthy. Like people are um, willing and eager to help you. You know what I mean? In right. whatever your pursuits may be. So the first year was definitely, I mean, I was just going out all the time, like probably like five-ish nights a week. There's always live music happening in town somewhere. If it's like, you know, a hole in the wall bar where there's maybe just a piano player or if it's like go here and there's a full rhythm section and singers and horns and all this stuff. And so the name of the game was just to like go out as much as possible as many gigs as possible not even in. gigs not getting paid a damn dime like just <laughs> mm. just to show up just play play yeah play and, and kind of prove yourself to people yeah just i mean just show face as much as possible because that's that my experience has been that's the only way of like people getting to know you beyond even like how you play more so just seeing you and being like oh that's okay yeah that's blake he plays saxophone he's new to town whatever you do that enough and then eventually they're like hey man like what are you doing on Thursday? Do you have anything going Thursday night? And I'd be like, no, because I was also, cause I, was, I was working at a, a sunglass, so I had like a retail job okay. to just, you know, pay some bills and nice. whatever. And yeah, man, until the gigs took off, I was just trying to, you know, make my way. So yeah, that was the first year was literally just out, go out every night, play everywhere, meet everybody. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about how, you sort of made these transitions into other avenues because now, um, you know, we started off as sax players. Now I know you as um, a DJ, as a model, as you know, a podcaster, right? You've got all these different like aspects in your life that you are, you know, excelling in, you know, not just like getting your hand in, but like, you know, you're there, you're, you're doing your thing. So, um, Thanks, man. yeah, of course. Uh, like, where at what point did you see yourself like start to head in those directions like how did those opportunities come up for you uh i honestly everything that's ever come my way has just been it's seemingly random it's like you everything goes back to playing the saxophone at some point i was playing the saxophone somewhere and i met somebody and they were like oh have you ever thought about doing this and i'm like a little bit oh you should really do it you should get some headshots you should test shoot with some people some photographers and then it was like oh yeah like i guess i could probably model that's what it is if there's a probability or in like an opportunity mm -hmm. here in la i think specifically 
um, I feel as though it's worth exploring. And so I guess I just sort of took that and said, okay, let me just put forth a little initiative into these other arenas, if you will. And things just kind of work if you, you know, pour into them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird though, because none of it was like planned or predetermined. Right, it was right. just, here we are. Okay, I guess we're doing this today. This happened, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But bu building all those connections with saxophone has kind of created that for you. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I can definitely relate a little bit with uh, even just skating and the connection I've made yeah. through skating. That's kind of how I landed my first full time video gig as well. It's just someone completely unrelated profession, but uh, someone I met in skating years ago yeah and now and now it's opened up so many other doors as well it's so random yeah i feel like it's just a matter of you know keeping an open mind and also i think one thing like i go back to a lot um mm -hmm. is the fact that we have put in so much time on this instrument this is turning into a saxophone podcast hey that's <laughs> but, hey, that's what it is man. but the the fact that we spent so much time on this thing, this very specific thing, and then learning jazz music. Like these are very um, complicated art forms, if you will, and crafts to, to figure out. And everything else relative to that doesn't seem quite as difficult. And so I'm almost always surprised actually when I find myself in a different situation where it's like, what are you doing? The first time, I, my very first DJ gig, I was just like, um, I mean, I've been practicing my room, but I was yeah. like, All right, I, I guess this is it. Here we go. Uh -huh. And I like, but once it started going, I was just like, oh yeah, this is super simple. Or, or like I should say, this. I'm, I'm prepared for this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the saxophone thing really helped just kind of prepare me for different experiences in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a specialized thing and you've trained, you know, hard to learn something so specific yeah then you get into things that are a little bit more general in different directions you've already kind of been through that process of you know how to how to learn something how to that's you know. yep there you just actually nailed it i think that's one thousand percent that you learn how to learn mm -hmm. yeah yeah you learn how to learn things yeah what's going to take you in the direction you want to go versus what's just trying something new that um that is a fantastic question <laughs> honestly i feel like that's the most important question I have to ask myself all the time now, whenever someone does come to me with an opportunity, I think um, at this point, I feel I have a sense of identity with myself and I feel strongly about the things that I don't want to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, not that I'm opposed or like closing all doors that are not specific to whatever my interests are, but um, I definitely don't just say yes to something because it's a unique opportunity or maybe it's a paycheck or whatever. I, I really try to take into account, does this pour into the, pur know, the purpose behind it? Yeah. Does this pour into my bigger picture vision of, of where I'm trying to go with my life and does, my own? Does it serve your brand? Right? Yeah, man, for sure. Cause, cause yeah, the beautiful part is that you will get pulled in a million different directions, but that is also a curse in the sense of like, you got to find yourself in your own brand and identity before you can, you know, take on a bunch of different stuff. You you've been out in LA for what ten years now? Man, no, about a decade. <laughs> I, yeah, like close like, to it. Damn, dude. Yeah, it'll be eight in the in like June. Okay. Yeah. Did do you feel like it took you a yeah. while to kind of get to the point where you could differentiate between what's going to help me get where I'm going, or 
just uh, saying yes for the experience? Did it take you a long time to get to that point? It definitely took me a long time. Um, it took, you know what it was, honestly, too? The pandemic. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure everybody had different experiences during the pandemic. When the pandemic hit and all, because prior to the pandemic, it was like I was really hitting my stride as a saxophone player. Mm -hmm. Like I did the Grammys earlier, like in February or something of that year, which was oh, probably nice. the biggest gig I'd ever done. And it was like, cool, this is about to be the dopest year ever like yeah. I'm gonna, there's all these gigs and like I'm, things are really rolling and then what, what? <laughs> yeah and then the bottom falls out and it's like oh shit okay but that being said when the bottom did fall out um i had a lot of time we all had a lot of time but i didn't i think a lot of people felt a very strong sense of attachment to what was happening like oh my god my gigs are gone what am i gonna do i'm, I'm depressed and sad. and that's not to make light of that but for myself i was like man this is this is great actually because i'm just who am i what do i actually want do i actually want to go play saxophone for all these people or do all these things that don't necessarily serve me um perhaps but yeah. when i when it ended that's when i really started to hit the gas with the djing thing and uh yeah that just i feel like that really kind of helped to solidify my own journey cool yeah yeah the pandemic i think was for myself personally um a great time of of reflection and without getting like too deep just like soul searching um because obviously again the work component was gone so then it became great what are you gonna do or like what do you want and who are you and honestly for the first time in la i felt a sense of what do you want out of this mm. because Prior to that, in the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, and prior to that, having just moved out and trying to really get going and make my way here, to me, the North Star was just like get as many gigs as you can. Right? Yeah. There wasn't necessarily like um, a, a specific goal in mind, and there certainly wasn't a specific goal for Blake. It was just like just be a really in demand musician, which I think I kind of did. And then when the pandemic happened and that all stopped, I was like, well. Um, I got to do something for me and that I guess that's become more clear over the last I would say like a year and a half or so um post pandemic now I'm like is it is the pandemic over I actually don't <laughs> it's know. never over is it yeah, it's yeah. not over right um well, well I guess like you know just when things, things are yeah opening up right yeah. yeah it just became more and more clear and even now just continues to become more clear of like all right man even if this isn't the end-all be-all I have direction with where I want to go so that's that's good. It's always good to hear, you know, the people who are able to take that time mm -hmm. to really reflect. And, you know, a lot of people are trying to reinvent themselves, you know, create jobs, create something to do. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good that you could just take that time to really focus on what you wanted moving forward. And now that things are kind of opening back up, I'm sure that uh, it feels good to have that sense of purpose going back out. Yeah, I would say so. And I feel fortunate even like during the pandemic to have had the time to just kind of reflect and and think and not completely you know lose my mind um mm -hmm. so now i'm like all right yeah man let's capitalize on what we can while we're here yeah does it yeah. does it feel to you like uh things are back to normal when you're going out and doing doing gigs and, and networking with people do you feel like everyone's kind of back in it now i would say so yeah. i think it feels pretty normal um it doesn't feel any different per se from since before the lockdown um yeah people are out man people are enjoying them. that's the other thing is like i want to 
I think the biggest thing that at this point in my life that I've realized is like, I have to live, man, because my lifestyle and it's like, I'm not complaining at all because it's like, dude, you show up and you play the saxophone for a living. <laughs> like, that's not, that's cool. That's fun. But um, now I guess I see life more holistically and I'm just like, I want to just enjoy this journey a bit more instead of just being so about, let me get this gig. Let me get on the next gig. Let mm -hmm. me work. Always you know? on your feet. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just want to, like, I want to go on vacation. Right. I want to kick back. Kick back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's good when you can take the time to actually appreciate what it is you're doing and why. You know? Yeah. As opposed to always just be, always just be running. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You get it. Yeah. So now, um, you know, one of your defining careers is, um, is DJing. I would say, would you agree to that? Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Right. Like, how, how did you take that road? Like, what led you there? Uh, Pandemic world shuts down actually back up one quick sec i prior to the pandemic i started working with this events music agency called rock with you um they're based in miami they're like the big fish of miami killing it down there and the owners are good friends of mine and they were always wanting to branch out to la and kind of like build the the la presence Mm -hmm. And so they actually hired me. I was on staff and I was building. I was like partner here in LA and trying to build. So I was just hustling, going out and like networking, trying to get, hey, we have, here's what we're doing. We're at, we have bands for your events and things. In that, um, they're, I should say as well, they're, they're a DJ based company. So all their bands are like built around a DJ, live band and DJ dope combo. And so the DJing thing was just kind of like starting to, to make its presence felt in my life. Um, and actually, I found it was like you'd go to a meeting with somebody and be like, yeah, we have these great DJs, these great bands. We rock it like it's so much fun. And they're like, great. Are you going to come? And I'm like, well, I play saxophone. It would have been so much easier if I could just be like, I'm your guy. Yes, I DJ. Yep. I play saxophone because ultimately you're selling yourself. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so all of that kind of precipitated the DJing thing. I had some friends who, who were also DJing and it was like the money was better. They get treated better. It just it it seemed fun. It seemed cool. So I was like, I want to just figure it out. And so I just spent some time during the pandemic, um, like in an online course for about a month and a half or so, just getting you know the very fundamental things down. And I should say, even still, like I'm I'm a novice. Like I'm <laughs> I'm not like like I have friends who are really great technical DJs. Like nah, I'm, yeah, I'm just I can I'm functional. You know what I mean. But, yeah, you're doing your thing though, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm having fun with it. So that's honestly all I care about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and, you know, I've uh, been out here for six, almost seven years, and I've had my fair share of, of Blake gigs, right? Like just going to, going to your gigs, uh, yeah. seeing you perform, um, yeah. whether it's like saxophone, DJ. But I have to say, like, one of my, uh, one of the most fun times I saw you perform was being a TV host at the Grover Christmas. Yeah. I know that might not uh, be like a highlight for you, but I kind of just want to talk about, because that's something that's way, way like left field, right? To, Super. Right? It's, yeah. it's different. And um, I just kind of want to talk about how you got that opportunity and what made you choose that path. Like um, what made you want to have that under your belt? Well, that opportunity came when Rock With You, the company I was just mentioning, um, in one of the events in which I was networking, I met who would become a good friend of mine. Her name is Mandy, Mandy Bianchi. 
Shout out to Mandy. Um, yeah, I met Mandy. She's an event coordinator. And post-pandemic, fast forward, she ends up working um, for Caruso, or Rick Caruso, the the like billionaire entrepreneur guy. He owns The Grove and a bunch of other properties. And um, she brought me in to do events at The Grove and at the Americana uh, as a DJ. And turns out that they're doing this uh, program, the CBS Home for the Holidays thing mm -hmm. at The Grove um, this past year, 2022. And yeah, she basically just threw my name in the hat. She was like, hey, we have this great DJ who's done some other events and he'd be great for this. And it was like a hosting thing and DJing thing. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. I definitely didn't expect to get it because it was like a live TV, like right. nationally broadcast program. Um, but it it worked out, you know, and that was that, and it was wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I know you've done like some MCing, right? Like mm -hmm. when you have the DJ, yep. you've done some casting calls. Like you've, uh, you know, you, you've had practice in like acting, but um, yeah, yeah that that just kind of seemed like. Do you think that your experience with both of those is kind of what like prepared you for for to pick something up like that? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I have done a ton of auditions for like commercials and some reading roles, movies, TV, things like that, but mostly commercial auditioning and things like that. And yeah, just any, I think just enough reps of being on camera, modeling, whatever, um, all sort of prepares you. And honestly, again, the main thing that prepared me for that was playing the saxophone and like yeah. and <laughs> jazz music because no, because seriously, cause that whole, you were there, so you saw that whole um, production. It's just start and stop, zero to 100. And it's like, okay, go now. You're on yep. 10, 9, 8. And then there's a bunch of mistakes. My teleprompter went out. So all these different things of like, oh my gosh, you could very easily lose your shit. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot goes south or you start to get anxious and whatever. But honestly, the whole time I was just like, okay, like I've, I've been on stage and my mic cut out and I just have to, we just need you to take a solo, just blow over it. It doesn't matter. The show must, the show must the show go must on. Go on. Dude, yeah. yes. So I think all of that definitely helped to prepare me for that moment. Yeah, you kept your cool, man. Try, dude. I was stressed though. After the fact, I was like, what uh, yeah. just happened? That was wild. Yeah. yeah. A relief, I bet. Yeah. Uh, I know for myself, um, performing with skating, that, uh, that feeling of performing in front of a crowd, the energy you get, um, from the audience, there's nothing, there's nothing like that feeling. But for me, I also, I also just really love the, the technical side of the creation process, mm. you know, the behind the scenes leading up to the go moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that kind of keeps me coming back all the time. Do you guys feel like you get a different sense of uh, accomplishment or uh, purpose from performing live at, whether it be music hosting an event versus the kind of technical side of things yeah yeah um yeah for me i think that um once i began to understand what goes on you know behind the scenes and the the amount of preparation that it takes to prepare a dj set um uh, a saxophone gig you know like le learning other people's songs like whatever it might be like I've come to like appreciate the process like as a whole, like knowing all of, like these technicalities, like um, I, I think that's kind of like made me like more of like a well-rounded um, producer, like in a sense. 
just having kind of more respect for the whole process. Absolutely. Being on yeah. Your side. yeah. 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 I totally agree. Um, I think also for myself, the, the creative sort of behind the scenes work, um, or I, sh I should say that the creative component has been the most underserved of like my experience here in LA, just again, cause I've, I've been more of, of a technician or somebody who can show up and work in different capacities. Mm -hmm. Um, but now writing more music and taking a bit more initiative to pour into my own projects. It's yeah, dude, I, I love that process. And then man, like I haven't currently released any of my own music, but when I do, it's like, okay, cool. Let's see how people respond to it. So I'm excited to see that, um, or to feel that, you know, bit of it as well. Cause I do feel like that's ultimately the most fulfilling thing, mm -hmm. you know? Nice. Yeah. yeah yeah when you can share your art with other people yeah. you find like like-minded you know individuals to like share your journey i think that's really special yeah do you feel like all the you know you've been running for a few years doing all these different gigs do you feel like all that experience has kind of helped hone you into what you're doing now and what you want to do with your music i think so i would like to think so i think if nothing else it's just given me confidence and um you know again just identity and a, a sense of it's not to say I don't care, but it, I think I'm I'm at peace with whatever it is that I do now. It's just like, this is who I am kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's ever changing, you know, try to be receptive to different opportunities and energy, but um, definitely just, yeah, just here it is. Right. I, I hope you like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, okay, cool. Got to keep it moving. Hey, you, know? you can never please everyone, right? Yeah. And, and it's not even about it's, and I, that's why I guess it feels empowering is because it's like, man, it's just like, it's just mine. And I, or, or rather, I'm just me and I'm comfortable and that feels good. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, Blake, tell us what you're working on right now. Like, you know, what, what, what's it like walking in your shoes? Right now, I'm, working on a lot of music or i've been spending a lot of time working on my own music um i've got an ep that i'm hoping to release in the coming months all right i'm excited about that because it'll be my first like official project mm -hmm. in my own name um in addition to that i'm djing and starting to curate a bit more of just my own vibe as a dj um putting more content out there my own sets and things like that of other people's music but still like you know, DJing is weird because obviously you're never, you could be playing all your own music, but oftentimes you're playing other people's music, but people identify you for a specific thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's now me just figuring out how I want to uh, identify myself as a DJ and my sound, if you will. So yeah, in addition to that, um, hanging with my boy Monk. Yeah, <laughs> my, shout my, out. My Labradoodle. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, working out, trying to, I don't know. I, I feel like I live my life in a very rigid way, but if you were to look at it from the outside in, you'd be like, dude, you just, what are you doing? You're just chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess that's the most of it. Okay. Tell me about the concept of the, of the EP. You got some new music coming. Yeah. Help me with the name. I don't know what the name of it'll be just yet, but um, it's I, to the, to the effect of me being, finding my sound as a DJ. I'm very into like dance and house music right now. So most of my music is pretty up-tempo, dancey, um, feel good, still trying to like storytell, if okay. you will. Um, my favorite artist ever is Stevie Wonder and he's like hey. the greatest storyteller ever. So I feel like that's always gonna be a big part of my sound, my identity. But um, yeah, a lot of dance music, 
Uh, hopefully awesome. get people grooving, you know. Nice. Yeah. People so, just want to dance, right? That's all they want to do. <laughs> so speaking of uh, creating your sound, you just mentioned Stevie Wonder. Yes. Who would you say is, you know, dead or alive? Who are some of your biggest uh, influences that you've had throughout your creative career? And if they, uh, and if they were alive, yeah, who exactly would, uh, who, whose brain would you want to pick? Whose brain would I want? Man, uh, I don't know, dude. I think if, okay, no, I do know, sort of. There, there's like for me there's like a a big let's call it a big four okay. a, of of artists and people they are in no particular order stevie wonder prince oh. miles davis okay and pharrell williams all right okay. and okay. so i think of those people uh i think pharrell would be my most favorite to actually talk to and pick his brain Cause he's just like, he's, he's just like transcended everything in terms of music, in terms of style, fashion, his, he's just larger than life, but he's also just like a, a conduit. Cause like this dude has been around since the nineties yeah, and he's been a part of everything that's dope since the nineties. And even still like Pharrell is the goat. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think yeah. just figure like just literally to understand like, dude, how do you continue to just like be as creative and influential as you are and, and like, demand just dude yeah. yeah and just relevant in your, in and, your space and just cool i feel like i feel like the secret to him is that he just receives things he's not like here's what i'm doing he's like what do you want to do and then he's mm -hmm. like oh okay let's take it here you know what i mean so i think that's a pretty superpower cool yeah for real where where can uh where can people find it where people look for you um i'm on well, I'm not on all the socials, but I am on Instagram and TikTok at underscore Blake Cross underscore. Yeah. Is that my, yeah, that's my Instagram. Um, yeah, I would say Instagram is where I'm most active, but also YouTube, you can find where I'm going to, that's where I'll be putting up a lot more of my, my DJ sets. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right, cool, man. Well, when you do release that EP, you know, we definitely want to hear it. Got you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get you back out here. Got you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, dude. Thanks for being here.